0: Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters To We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. It is Sunday, July 27th. I am in uh, San Monica, California. This is Liz Dolan, joined on the line by my sister Julie Dolan in Dallas, Texas, and Julie, I am totally pooped, so I hope you have a lot of material today. That's all, that's, that's all I can say, because I, I barely know what state I'm in right now.
1: Well, Liz, let's just hold on. We'll work through it together. Um, yes, I'm up. I'm ready to go. You know, it's, the forecast here in Dallas, Texas, um, today is for 102. So I decided, as long as it was going to be super hot as the day went on, that I would get up early and just do a lot of living early on. So um, so I've already done like five events, and uh, it's, still, it's still morning time.
0: <laughs> you
1: know, that's funny, because I thought of you
0: this morning. I took Ferris out for a walk, and as we were coming back, um, just around the block from me, there were these two people just staring at their dog who was sitting on the sidewalk refusing to get up. <laughs> And so I thought of you and Zorro. They just kept trying to yank him up, and then they were like coaxing and cajoling, like, come on, we gotta get home. That dog was just having none of it. He was not getting up.
1: Well, you know, you know what what I say to Zorro now is, at least you can do is walk around the block. You know, and that's what these dog owners, they've gotta give their dogs some tough love. You know, take good care of these animals, right? Uh, and uh, the least they can do for you is walk around the block All so right. well, I do have a little animal
0: story. I have a dog story coming up later in the show um, it 's ferris 's fake birthday coming up and oh, uh, okay. you know so I thought I would touch on that, but really the um, the big news the breaking news in my life is that I just spent the last three days in San Diego at comic con, which by now, do I need to explain to anyone what Comic-Con is? Liz, well, you know, what you need to explain
1: is, like, how did it get so big? Like, it, I, I mean, it's like a comic book convention, right? Yes, I yes. mean, that's it. Now, okay, now, I, I'm not, I don't really, I'm not a comic book collector or reader. I don't really care for graphic novels, whatever. But how did it become, like, the biggest thing? Okay, that's what I don't understand. Yeah, I'm not sure I can
0: explain the whole phenomenon, Julie, except that, Comic books are now the source material for so much of what's new on television and movies that it was the television studios and the movie studios coming into Comic-Con to present all their new shows and new movies and their stars and their sets and their costumes. And so it's like the entertainment business is now built on top of the comic book business. So you get that that comic book nerd, like, say... Leon's 16-year-old son, Colin, yes. Yes. and Leon will have her own Comic-Con report on Tuesday, so I don't want to cross over. We were both there simultaneously, and we saw each other several times, but Leon's Comic-Con was very different than my Comic-Con. <laughs> okay. She, okay. She was Comic-Con through the eyes of a 16-year-old boy, which is, I believe, the way you should experience Comic-Con. Okay. As opposed yep. to the way I did it. But anyway, that's why it's just out of control big now, because it's people rolling in, like, all of these, whether it's Marvel or Warner Brothers or, you know, 20th Century Fox, all of that. Like, people know there's, there's 130,000 people there, Julie. I mean, it's just – it's not some, um, like – in the basement of the Bayside Hilton, you can find <laughs> some first editions. It is, yeah. it is awesome. I don't know if you posted, if you saw what I posted on my Facebook page yesterday. Was a, um, a video that I took. They created a whole Gotham is the big new Batman origin story TV show that is coming to Fox in the fall. So along the waterfront, they built this whole like. Gotham City skyline and a zip line, so that you could zip through Gotham City, Julie. So <laughs> you know, there's just there's a lot of entertainment going on there if you are a certain type of person. So really, looking at how enthusiastic these 130,000 people are for their thing, whatever their thing is, you know, it could be something as you know obvious as Star Wars. Or it could be some incredibly esoteric Japanese version of some Japanese thing from the 17th century. You know, everybody has their thing and they are living for this thing. And I I really just ask myself, am I that enthusiastic about anything in my life?
1: (laughs) You know, and and everybody's are they in costumes? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's crazy. Yes.
0: The costumes are uh, the costumes are awesome. I'm sure Leanne will have some observation on the costumes that she saw and bumped into because it's very crowded. And when people have large built out costumes, it can be a little bit tricky to uh, navigate the halls of the actual convention. They do, um, they'll have a weapons check because there are so many people carrying... Like rifles and machine guns and lightsabers and like all kinds of, again, so many of these, when people come dressed as a character in their favorite video game, chances are they're armed. So that's all, di- <laughs> that's all a different security line where security has to make, sh- make sure that the weapon you have with you is fake. So that's uh, just a warning to those of you who want to bring uh, fake weapons uh, next year. But th- so that's for real people. I am I, not in the real people realm when I'm there. I'm there because the what we do in my company, you know, I work for an international channels group where we have the National Geographic channels all over the world and we have the Fox Entertainment channels all over the world. So I'm there to sort of present new shows from both of those channels. And uh, so the, the biggest show we have in the whole world for our Fox channels is um, just a little cult favorite called *The Walking Dead*, which is a the, that's the number one cable show in the world. Julie, did you know that?
1: I did. I had no idea. Yes, it is. Yes. I've never seen it. I don't really have any interest in seeing it. <laughs> and it just makes me feel really out of it. That the number one that this is what it is uniting the world is. Yes. It's it's the Simpsons and The Walking Dead. Isn't yes. It? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Leon will have a full Simpsons report because they
0: went uh, to the Simpsons panel. And that was her son's number one goal is to like do the Simpsons while he was there. But no, The Walking Dead, which is on AMC in the United States, is actually on all of the channels I do that I work on in the rest of the world. So um, I actually had this is where I felt like maybe I am a nerd in some way, because you go to these things and you kind of want to have something you're as enthusiastic about as all of these crazy people are. You just don't quite know what it is. But so The Walking Dead has a little cast dinner on Thursday night to which they invited us, myself and three of my colleagues, because we work on marketing the show outside the United States, and they had, you know, the, their AMC people who work on the show in the United States. So the cast of that show, they're actually, you know, they're really fun, they're really nice. They're, uh, they're going into their fifth season, so they know each other really well now. But Andrew Lincoln is the um, the star of that show. Have you ever seen him? He yes, plays sir. he plays Sherrick Rick Grimes, right? Yes. And uh, so he's extremely attractive, right? Uh, But people that don't see him in real life don't realize that he's British. Half these people are British. And all these British people know each other, as you know. And especially British actors all know each other. So we're at this dinner on, um, on Thursday night. And uh, Andrew Lincoln is at, like, two tables away from me. And all of a sudden I see him get up and walk to, like, the entrance to the room we are in. He sees, like, he sees a friend. He waves to a friend. And I follow him as he walks through the room. And who's his little friend that stopped by to say hello? Colin Firth, Julie. Oh. Colin, yeah, so, so you may not be interested in The Walking Dead at all. But once you know that Colin Firth is part of the, you know, he, he's interested in The Walking Dead. So aren't you interested now? Yes, Liz. Okay. Okay. okay, you're
1: in the in crowd, Liz. So you're at the same dinner with Colin Firth. So is he as dreamy in person as he is in all of his movies, Yes, Liz? yes, totally dreamy. But he was not coming to
0: our dinner, sadly. Oh. He just happened to be walking by and see his good friend Andy because oh. they all, because they know each other from London. And uh, no, this is where my nerdiness comes out. The person I sat with, like I walked into this room where the cast was going to be there and the people I explained. And out of the corner of my eye at one table, I see Chris Hardwick. Now, Chris Hardwick does uh, a show called The Talking Dead, which is the talk show. It's, it's it's, It's the talk show on AMC in the United States that comes on after The Walking Dead. And he talks about The Walking Dead on The Talking Dead. And he's very funny. He's a comedian. But he also, Julie, is the host of the podcast The Nerdist. Oh, okay. Yes, which has become, now it's called Nerdist Industries because he's launched so many successful podcasts. And now he has his own TV show on Comedy Central called At Midnight. Anyway, I realize I am a nerd when it comes to, like, podcasting. Because I saw Chris Hardwick in the corner. I'm like, I don't even I'm not even interested in talking to anyone else in this room. I just want to talk to the nervous. So,
1: so I go over. Okay, so you're in the room with all these real movie stars. <laughs> yeah, TV yeah. stars. Yeah. People like stand in line. Yeah, they scream yeah. and yell yeah. to get their autograph. Yes. And you want none of it. You want to talk to the nerd. In yes. The room. Okay, because, Liz. The gu- so, yes, I'm sorry. So
0: this is this is the nerdy side of me, apparently. It's a, just a... a podcasting passion Julie that's what I have a podcasting passion so I go over I sit down I introduce myself to Chris and you know he's like vaguely paying attention to me I said hey you know I work on The Walking Dead and the rest of the world but mainly like I am just I feel like I need to give you kudos for uh the nerdist is really the thing that legitimized podcasting Chris. Like, to the extent that any of us, any of the rest of us are on the map, you sort of started that. And so I just wanted to thank you. So, of course, now he's a little bit more interested because I do not look like the target audience for someone who would listen to The Nerdist. So anyway, we had a very nice conversation, Chris and I, and uh, it was a lot of fun. So I guess that is where that is where my nerdiness, that's where I live, in the world of podcasting, which uh, is funny, con- considering I'm in this big, glossy entertainment world. But I'd really rather talk about podcasting. So, so you
1: told him that you were a podcasting
0: Yes, pioneer. yes. Okay.
1: okay. Yeah. And, and I, did, I did not
0: use the word pioneer. <laughs> I said...
1: Liz, Liz, it was your opportunity. Okay, did you tell them about um, our headquarters? Did you tell them about the the technical command center that you run there out of your second bedroom? I did not get into the details of our production, Julie. Yes, okay. Because I
0: think the Nerdist has something a little more advanced than what we do. Uh, In fact, they were doing several live shows at Comic-Con. So, um, you know, that's something we have not attempted in a while. Uh, anyway, so it was fun to talk about podcasting in a room full of these giant stars, including Colin Firth. So, uh, so there was that. Then, um so the next day so Friday morning is when we did this series of press conferences so we announced a new show called Wayward Pines which is coming out next year and that stars Matt Dillon so he came and that was kind of cool to like at this press conference with Matt Dillon and a couple of the other stars of the show including Melissa Leo so you know TV all of a sudden is getting these big time movie stars to come do TV shows so we talked about that then we had the cast of The Walking Dead there and then we, another new show called outcast so um so really super fun but by friday middle of the afternoon my work is done that that's all of our stuff happens that during that window uh but then you know we've just gotten into the habit the last couple of years of staying we being like the marketing team uh you stay for 24 hours just to see what other people are doing so that's when i went out and experienced the con that's when you just dive into the craziness so one of the things so so the walking dead they there's
1: a thing there called hall h julie maybe <laughs> uh-uh. maybe you've never heard of hall h no, I haven't heard of Hall H, but it sounds like it would be the great name for a TV show, for a book, <laughs> for a movie, for a off Hall H 1, 2. Yes, okay, that is a good idea. Hall H should be its own thing. It should be a podcast,
0: uh, oh. Hall H. Uh, well, Hall H is the room at the convention center that seats 8,000 people. And so the more important panels, are they put in Hall H. And so The Walking Dead is in Hall H. The Game of Thrones is in Hall H. You know, you're getting the feel for Hall H now, yes, right? Yes, I am. Yeah. So, what happens in Hall H, because uh, there are only 8,000 seats and there are, you know, 130,000 people attending this thing, is that people get there super early in the morning and they just camp out in Hall H. All day, even if they only want to see the Game of Thrones panel at three o'clock, they know they have to get in there by nine o'clock or they're not going to get a seat. So, like, so I went in for the Walking Dead panel, which was at uh, 1230. And uh, the woman in front of me was making her lunch on the seat next to her. (laughs) So she had, you know how Leon talked about bringing snacks and all of that? Yes. The, The woman sitting in front of me. And she appeared to be, like, a middle-aged woman by herself. So the the PB&J that she was making was not for her children. I did not see any children around. She, like, had all the supplies out on the chair next to her. She was just making herself a Sammy, Julie. Just making herself a nice little PB&J, wait, <laughs> waiting for The Walking Dead to come out. So uh, so that was interesting. And uh, then, uh, then that night, The Walking Dead had a... Um, A little barbecue for the public where you could win tickets to go to the Walking Dead barbecue and meet the cast. So here's a question I have for you. Do you think, uh, cannibalism is a good theme for a barbecue,
1: Julie? (laughs) Uh, Like how? That was the theme of the barbecue you went to? Yes, yes. That's... What, what, my other, the my the first thought was like, well, what do you wear to a barbecue for The Walking Dead? <laughs> I, I don't even know how you would dress for that. But well, cannibalism, mm, that sounds good, Liz. Yeah. well, you would know how to dress, Julie, if you had watched the
0: season four cliffhanger. Because they're in a place called Terminus, and they're fig- just beginning to figure out, like, oh, my God, these people here might actually be cannibals. So, but you don't know that for sure. So, they didn't overtly call the barbecue a cannibalism barbecue, but it was themed Terminus and it was designed to look like Terminus in the show and it was it was so gross, I got to say. I'm going to answer my own question. Is cannibalism a good theme for a barbecue? It's a disgusting theme for a barbecue. Even if you think it's funny like in your marketing meeting room back at HQ, you think, oh, this will be hilarious. Here's what they did. So they had big grills set up, and on the grills they had the kind of long sausages that could just as easily look like intestines. You know, like there was, oh. no, there was no other food there except, the, except these big, long sausages. But then next to that, they had actors hired to look like the people from Terminus, and they had, like, the woman near me I took a picture of it. Then I decided not to post it. She had a what appeared to be a human foot, and she was butchering the human foot. So.
1: Oh, oh! oh. <laughs> well, I'm sure it would keep their food costs down. <laughs> yes, I think it barbecue, did because yes. I'm sure everybody lost their appetite. Um, right. Just yeah, exactly. To- Yes. We, right.
0: were, we were kind of happy to get out of Terminus, I have to say. We, we went from there to a much happier event, which was the National Geographic Channel Nerd Night, Julie. So Nerd Night was fun. That was, you know, uh, taco trucks, beer trucks, trivia contests, and cornhole. So that's where my team actually spent the night. Uh, so that was, uh, that was much better than the cannibalism-themed barbecue. <laughs> uh- <laughs> But then the one thing they were doing at the National Geographic Channel panel, they were, you know, they like to do nerdy things over there on Nat Geo. And that's why nerds love that channel. And they were actually doing a lesson in uh, how to make the perfect paper airplane. You know, because you want to stand in line for several hours for that. And uh, so they're like in there, they do not qualify for Hall H, needless to say. This is in a room that seats like 100 people. Uh, but they're making paper airplanes. And then right at the last minute, when there's supposed to be the big moment where everybody throws the paper airplanes all at the same time, and it's so hilarious, the Comic Con organizers step in and say, Nope, nobody's allowed to throw anything. So. Uh-huh. Now you just have a bunch of very sad nerds standing around with paper airplanes in their hands. So, yeah, th- so that, was, that was kind of a downer. And the organizer uh, was like, really? We can't- They're paper airplanes? They're like, nope, sorry. Nobody is allowed to throw anything anytime from any panel at Comic-Con. So we were willing to live within the rules, Julie, right? Because we're the National Geographic Channel. So it's fine. But then this morning I wake up. And there is a report from Robert Downey Jr.'s panel. You know, he was there. What's he in? He's in Iron Man, right? He was there. He's in that little thing called Iron Man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Marvel had a big panel. Guess where it was? Oh, in Hall H. Yeah, yeah, in Hall H. Exactly. Okay. Okay. So, So they're in Hall H. And what is he doing at the end of his panel? He's throwing roses into the audience. So, like, you know, I hate to get on my high horse about, like, how come Marvel gets to throw things, but the National Geographic Channel doesn't. But it, it kind of bummed me out that our nerds
1: did not have a chance to throw their paper airplanes. So, Liz, um, I see that you can take make this a whole media fight. Right? You can take this <laughs> to the next level. You know how to do that. And it's the kind of thing that's going to end up on the front page of the New York Times if you do that, that you yeah. have taken on Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. He's allowed to throw Roses, which sound far more dangerous than a couple of paper, paper airplanes. Yes. Uh, yes,
0: totally. So um, that could be something, uh, yeah. There's a good publicity angle, Julie. Thank you. Uh, if I wasn't leaving the country forever, uh, I, I would get right on that. Anyway, you've heard about the costumes. You've heard about the people. Leanne will no doubt do a much better job describing that from the inside out as a, as a Comic-Con attendee uh, than I would. But we did spend a little time together yesterday afternoon, Leanne and I, um, at the Homer Dome. Uh, because out in back of the convention center, they had a giant uh, a giant dome set up that was uh, just just the top of Homer Simpson 's head, like sticking out of the ground we <laughs> 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 at the homer dome we had, a, we had a delightful little respite over there uh, in the shade of the Homer dome, and she was getting ready to go find uh, her son Callan. And uh, his nerdy friend to go off to their next activity. So by the time I drove back here last night, uh, I was just exhausted. There's just so much. It's a sensory overload situation, that kind of thing. And you just, your mind is blown so many times when people walk by and you're just like, why would you ever do that?
1: <laughs> but then, of course, okay so Liz, here's my question for you. What is to come of this where Where are we going with Comic-Con? Because I now feel like it's going to be more and more in our popular culture. It's going to be one of the steering currents for for you know our society yep. and where where are we going? Yes yep. where, where? Well, there is something that is, as I say, kind of
0: admirable about the whole thing. That you, you, you just look at the sheer passion and enthusiasm of these people, and that is a good thing, Julie. I think that is a good thing. as Also, as a, like, release valve. Who knows what their real lives are like, but in their imaginary lives, and we all need this. I'm not saying an us and them. Like, we all need some kind of passion, hobby, release, something that is purely fun and silly. And these people have found what it is for them. And I suspect, you know, a lot of them uh, in their real lives, they're like, dentists or baristas or you know they're just they're just trying to have a little fun so i think the idea that you can unleash your whatever your inner passion is that there's a place for you to just let it all hang out um hopefully that is exactly what people need because otherwise it could be building up inside these people and uh and you don't want to see that so you know there's nothing wrong with just the whole the cult of the superhero that there are that ordinary people can have these extraordinary skills and make things happen in the world so that's the approach i'm playing. you could take it, the totally opposite approach like these people are scary and this is dark but no i'm going the other way i think this is actually a um, an exercise of personal creativity that everyone should have something in their
1: life like that and these people have this all right, Liz. Well put. And I will now try to review Comic-Con in, in light of uh, what you have said. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, as I say, it was it, it was busy. You're kind of, it's so, it's crowded and hot and smelly and you're running back and forth and there's, uh, uh, anyway, there's just a lot to do. So I, I got home last night. Um, I'm just hanging around today. But, you know, tomorrow is when I leave for my
1: round the world trip. Liz, this trip, I I don't think anyone's actually ever done what you're attempting to do. That's what I I am really now convinced that there is no other world traveler that has ever left. You can explain your itinerary. You're going from Los Angeles to Guatemala to New New Delhi. Delhi
0: yes to to Hong Kong and back to Los Angeles yeah so yeah so and this starts tomorrow um this is all sort of National Geographic related business and uh so you know you got to do what you got to do Julie and it was not my choice to have a meeting in New Delhi scheduled the week after I had to be in Guatemala but once that there's really not much you can do except just decide here's my attitude no matter
1: what it's going to be over in 2 weeks right that's that's the way i approach these things so I mean, people think international business. You talk to a lot of, you know, some, I talk to students and, you know, they want to go into international business, you know, because they like the idea of a global stuff. But, the, you know, but the truth is it's that you end up on business trips like this, right? Yes, We're yes. going from Guatemala yeah. to New Delhi. Yes. yes.
0: Yeah. That's um, this is a little out of the ordinary, even for me. But here's here's the wrinkle. Uh, uh, oh there's a wrinkle there, there's a wrinkle. Yes, yes, because just you know, I needed an added complication. So the uh, to get into India, you need a visa. Uh, which is fine. So we began the visa processing for me, but then realized I have a brand new passport that I just got like six months ago. But in my previous passport, I had an Indian visa that was still valid. So according to the Indian consulate here, Uh, in Los Angeles, that's no problem. I don't need to get a new visa. I just need to bring both of my passports with me, my old passport and my new passport. And as long as the visa in the old passport is still valid, I'm good. So I allowed myself to be lulled into complacency, like when I was given that official answer Mm -hmm. by by people who should know these things. Right. But here's the wrinkle, Julie. Uh I, I realized that when I check in to fly to New Delhi... I'm actually going to be in Guatemala. So uh-huh. this means this whole plan hinges on the agent in Guatemala knowing that rule, you know, because that's when they check your visa, is when you're leaving a country to go to a country, right? Right, yes. It's not, yes. It's not just when you arrive in the country. The airline is required to check and make sure you have the appropriate visas before you they let you on the plane.
1: Yeah, it's all up to the ticket agent at Air Guatemala or yes. whatever your whatever Guatemala name. Yes. I don't know what your There's my are.
0: there's my wrinkle. There's my wrinkle. Luckily, no, it's American Airlines. So, but it's still an unknown person in Guatemala is actually going to have to know that I am allowed to use an expired passport to get into India. So, I just I I think that's a That's a crapshoot, Julie. That's uh, the chances that they're going to believe me when I tell them that that is the actual rule. It's just now this thing hanging over my head that... uh Maybe I should have just gone and paid for another visa. Anyway, I'll let you know how that goes. But... Liz, it's
1: good, because it, it, you certainly wouldn't want to have any additional stress no, on a no. trip around the world. And yeah. now the whole stress that you're going to actually be stuck in Guatemala, yeah, yeah. banned from India, yeah. all of these things. Yeah. I mean, because a lot of people do travel on two passports. That mm-hmm. happens all the time. I've seen it a lot, Liz. Mm-hmm. But it's with the visa not in the right passport. Um, I think you might have some problems there with that, Liz. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I think, you know, I think before my, my little bit of advice as your older sister, not that you would listen to any of the advice, not that any of my sisters listen to any advice I've ever given them, I would spend a lot of time as you're checking in in Los Angeles and making sure that, you know, tap, 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 they put a lot of stuff in that little computer of theirs uh, for good idea. your upcoming trip list. That's what I would do. That is
0: a good idea. I
1: would just lay out all the paperwork you've got, Liz. You okay. Know, to start right. Just start laying it down.
0: Okay. Because remember, the, the route from Guatemala to Delhi
1: <laughs> is... <laughs> let's, let's review that route. I, I reviewed this
0: last week, but just to remind you, like, other things I have on my mind. So you go from Guatemala City to Miami. Yeah. Then Miami to London. Yeah. And then London to Delhi. So yeah. the London to Delhi flight path... Here it is. Uh UK. hmm Germany. Good. Poland.
1: Yep. UK- okay. Ukraine. Oh well. well. R- Russia. hmm Kazakhstan. Oh, there's another good one, Liz. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uzbe- Uzbekistan. Oh I had one of my favorite spots, Liz. <laughs> uh, you've been there, right? Yes, I yes. have. Yep. Uh Turkmenistan. No, I haven't gone there, but it's on my list. Yeah. Uh, is Afghanistan because that's the next country I fly over, <laughs> and then
0: Pakistan into India. Yeah, so, so no worries there, right? No, 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 so, whatsoever. So if no. I get out of Gualamata, Guatemala, I'm really in the clear because yeah. I only have to fly over all of those countries, anyway. So, um, yeah, so that's the drill that starts tomorrow. We'll just it's gonna be, uh, yeah, it could be. Very interesting to see how this all pans out. I but, know, but as I say, no matter what, I'll be home in two weeks.
1: Okay, Liz, that's <laughs> the that's the spirit. That's the spirit. You are choosing to travel. You know, I you know, I know you talked about it last week. It just a time when there are just so, you know, there's just so much turmoil in the world. And as an example of, you know, of really the deteriorating relations between Russia and the United States, and as you start to think about traveling all over all of those countries that used to be part of the Soviet Union, I just want to tell you what, like, number one story at Moscow Times, uh, the Russian—it's the English newspaper in Moscow, Russia, is— that the Russian government is now really putting the squeeze on McDonald's, Liz. Really? They are trying to kick, shut McDonald's down in Russia. McDonald's has been open in Russia since 1990. So they have, they've been there 25 years. Um, but the Russian government apparently has some agency that is called, and makes me laugh, it's called the Federal Consumer Protection Service, <laughs> you know, which...
0: I, you know, Liz, you it just it makes me laugh because I know when you were living there and I would go shopping with you, you worked really hard to make sure you were getting the vegetables that were not from
1: Chernobyl. Uh,
0: I know right? that I... was a big issue in your shopping list, the non Chernobyl vegetables.
1: I know. Everything there is like tampered with or they've cut. Tainted, you know, I mean, what Russian products do we use in the United States? Okay, caviar, you know, they have, like, totally obliterated the caviar uh, industry, so you can never trust the caviar you're getting. Maybe the vodka is still in good shape. Yeah. But pretty much every other Russian product is in some way, like... Uh, corrupt or tainted. And so now the fact that they are going after McDonald's over their burgers and shakes lists that the Russian government has identified violations in the product quality of the entire McDonald's chain, such that they feel like they may need to shut McDonald's down in Russia. Really? Yes, Did,
0: really. Didn't you show us the big one in Moscow? It was like the biggest McDonald's in the world.
1: Yeah, it's these are these are like wildly popular places. And the other thing about McDonald's in Russia, or at least when I was living there, they're, they're not drive-throughs. I mean, and it's not like people like. Everyone comes in and sits down in McDonald's. They want to be there for the whole experience, Liz. I mean, it's always like standing room only to, like, even get into McDonald's. But apparently the Russian Federal Consumer Protection Service, they are going after. The other country that's now on my list is Belarus. I feel like they're next. Uh, you know, just uh, that's, really? my, that's my next prediction, Liz. But... uh, Okay, I know
0: I I work for the National Geographic Channel, so I should know immediately where Belarus is.
1: It's it's still, it's a landlocked country, Liz, but it it, it does border Russia. It's Uh sort of north of the Ukraine. And it might give, if they could give Russia, if, uh, if Putin could get that back, then it would be a really sort of a short little... Hop, skip, and a jump until he gets a, a northern water ex, uh, route. So that's I'm sure what he's thinking about. And Belarus has this wildly corrupt uh, leader there. You're so, right. so right. that's uh, that's it. But anyway, so McDonald's now in trouble. This is really a world crisis. Um, so be looking for those golden arches, Liz, as you fly over. <laughs> fly over. <laughs>
0: Well, it's funny because the McDonald's in India, where I'm going, they have all of these products that are not available in the United States McDonald's at all because it's largely vegetarian. Right. And so it, it's interesting to see how the, the McDonald's experience, even though they try to make it like one brand, one world, it's actually very different in various places around the world. So, hmm, okay, well, yeah, it's, we laugh, but it is a pretty... Tough time out there in the world, for sure. Yeah. Hey, on a brighter note. Uh, next Good, we- let's have some brighter news,
1: yes. Liz. What, what, what's going
0: on? Next week is Fer- Ferris' fake birthday, Julie. Oh, his uh, fake
1: birthday. His fake
0: birthday. So I'm just, as I sit here at my desk at, in the Satellite Sisters Technical Operations Center, I'm looking at a little card the rescue organization gave me when I adopted Ferris. You get a little card, and it's a little picture of Ferris. And it says, adopted August 4th, 2004. Oh. So that means, so I just have decided in the past that
1: that's his birthday,
0: August okay. 4th. Okay. Um, And then they really didn't know how old he was, but, you know, he could have been one. He could have been one and a half or two. So I just took it as one. Uh, okay. You know, so so what does that mean? So it means, two th- it means tomorrow or next week is
1: his... Uh, 11th birthday so uh so that's pretty good i think you know liz that is remarkable that's a remarkable age for a dog and you have as you've talked about on our podcast that ferris has had cancer and the fact that like you know that he is still like such a great companion and such a great dog uh you know, that's really wonderful. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm very excited about that. You're right. It was. So we're actually coming up on the two-year anniversary of when the vet told me he had lymphoma. And they said that dogs almost never live beyond a year after they have that. Oh. So here we are going on two years. So that's good. The bad news is he's definitely an old man now. He's definitely, you know, <laughs> like he still looks like a puppy. He has those puppy good looks. Yes, he does. Uh, when I walk into my place now. Yeah. He, he does not come running to the door anymore. It's like I have to walk. I have to walk into his room, and he kind of he kind of looks up. You know, he gets a, you know his ears perk up. He gets a little excited, but he's like, "Oh hey!" Okay, I didn't even hear you walk in. Uh, it's pretty much his whole reaction now. Okay. So,
1: um, and it's but just, he's not grumpy. He's not snarling. At never, him. never, okay. never, okay. never. Okay, well but,
0: then. But get him getting him even to walk around the block just to go back to your Zorro situation. Yeah. He's just sort of tired now you know and he just is not that like he doesn't
1: want to chase squirrels no a squirrel
0: could walk right in front of him julie and he would barely react now so so here's the sad thing i just never thought i would have to have this conversation despite what we went through like (laughs) i hate to compare it to losing mom and dad last year but so this morning i was talking to the dog sitter who will take him while I am on my round-the-world tour. And, uh, you know, Mark has taken care
1: of Ferris his whole life, right? Uh, Your dog sitter is completely dedicated. Yes, yes, Yes. there
0: is. Yes, I can honestly say he loves Ferris as much as I do. So, I, you know, he's super conscientious. And so he said to me this morning, he said, I hate to even ask you this, but he's an old man now. And I just... I just want to know from you, what do you want me to do if he dies while you're gone? Oh. And I thought, oh, God, end-of-life discussions for dogs, too. You know, it's just – I mean, I even think about it all the time now because he's old and he's slow and he's a can- yeah. cancer survivor. Anyway, so I think Mark just had it on his mind because I'm going to be gone for almost two full weeks. Right. And he just – but anyway, so so we worked that out. He has taken Ferris to the vet before, so if he gets sick, Mark knows exactly what to do. Anyway, that was kind of – But do you have to sign, like, a medical power, uh, you know, no, Liz no. for
1: your dog? No, no, you no. just, you just. No, went. the,
0: because Ferris was, when, when he was sick, on um, some of his, some of his vet appointments, Mark would take him if I had to be at work or something. So, they know Mark. I, you know, I try to be very clear that Mark is not my husband, Because. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know people don't people don't ask. Liz. No. It's just you know like whatever. I'm sure particularly in Santa Monica whatever goes goes, right? They don't yes. get assumptions about relationships. <laughs> anyway, so uh
0: so yeah, next week is birthday, so we're going to have to have a little uh we'll have a little birthday celebration tomorrow before I leave for Guatemala, but I look at this little adopted August 4th, 2004 photo that I have uh and I just like you almost can't um, quantify the amount of joy that right. a dog has given you over that time. You know, right. I know that you're when you moved to Thailand and you had to leave your dogs behind in the United States,
1: that was really hard. But every time you went home, your dogs were really happy to see you. <laughs> That's true, Liz. No, I, I mean, and you two were meant to be, you and Ferris. I mean, this was really your first, you know, your Yuck. first dog, right? Uh-huh, yeah. And, and, you know, it was a big it was a big <laughs> lifestyle change for you because you had always been single and you had never, you know... You I'm was, still single. Tactically yeah, I know, <laughs> I know, Liz, but, you know, but now you... But, right, I have no backup. There's nobody else in the house to, you know, yeah. Right. right, so it was a big, re- taking on a big responsibility, and, uh, but... You two are meant for each other. And that's that's good, Liz. And and it's happy that... So you're going to have a happy day. So uh, do you have some birthday festivities planned? Does he get a special yes, meal? Hamburger.
0: Hamburger. Hamburger. Uh, okay. Yes. I, bu- I bought some hamburger just to, you know... Uh, the if we were really kicking it up a notch uh, in fact mark said to me well if he really seems to be feeling poorly and i thought he was going to say well i'll you know rush him to the doctor or something he said i'll just buy him a roast chicken (laughs) i said said, that's exactly you know most dogs that will cure what ails them they just need more
1: roast chicken in their life anyway Liz, liz can i ask you one question did you do you want to know if you're on the trip, if the, if the dog is sick? I, don't know.
0: I Yeah, I don't know. That's, I mean, yes, of course. But remember when we came to visit you in Russia? Yes. And, uh, and Corny Cole, our producer, was with us because we were doing Satellite Sisters live from there. And, uh, and she found out before she left to fly home that, that her dog... Her Holly dog had died. Her dog was staying with her mom and her dog had died while she was in Russia. And she said, she just cried all the way home. So yeah. I can imagine how you would do that. So yeah. I don't know. I don't mean to bring us down. I, you know, I know Mark will do what's right. And, uh, we have a complete meeting of the minds on what's appropriate. So I'm just focusing on the birthday and then, uh, you know, he'll be here laying on the floor in the right. Satellite Sisters uh, Technical
1: Operations Center.
0: That's when right. I, he I... only
1: has to make two weeks without you, t- <laughs> and, and I kind of feel he will. Liz, so yes. don't worry. Don't worry about it. Okay.
0: All right. That's yeah. Just so a thing.
1: To turn turn to uh, what I hope will be a very ex- some happy and exciting news, Liz. I just I'm happy to announce that this coming week is I I'm I'm calling it Me Week at my house. That's me week at my house for a strange confluence of events has 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 happened and pretty much everyone i know in dallas is gone. There oh, is no wonder. Okay. So my husband's away on a trip, uh, my son and daughter-in-law and my grandchildren are away. Uh, a lot of my friends are on their summer vacations. So I am home alone with my dog. Um, it's not a, for a whole week. Um, he, I'm only home alone for like four days, but I'm calling it me week nonetheless. And I just thought, well, this is really my chance to like do whatever I want, right? Yes. Uh, yes. I don't I don't have a lot of other, like, uh, community service obligations. I, I just don't have a lot of obligations at all. I have, like, four free days, you know, just open days, Liz, that I can, like, fill with whatever I want. So that's why I decided I'm going to call it Me Week. Mm -hmm. And so, Liz, I I, um, ordered Ruth Reichel's uh, book, uh, Delicious. Have you read that yet? I have not read that. But the people I know who have said it's delicious. Okay, that's that's on my Me Week list. Um, I have started Orange is the New Black season two, so I'm going to do that. Um, I also have a great um, movie, a documentary movie that came out probably three years ago called Babies. Have you ever heard about this? I um, did hear about this, but I never saw it. Okay, so well, I haven't. I've never seen it, and um, I really want to see it. And what it, it it just it documents four babies around the world, and just sort of from zero to one year old, and just. How differently and yet how much the same children from all over the world, how they're raised and what happens to babies in that first year. So I can't wait to see that. That's that's happening in Me Week, Liz. I am also, I'm certainly going on a diet. I do that all the time. It never works, but I'm going to do that. I'm not going to cook during me week oh good okay eat eat a lot of prepared food i feel like that is part of the (laughs) spirit of Of me yes i may go i may go with five little mini meals sort of like sheila in fact most of my week i think i am just going to be pretending that i'm my sister sheila okay (laughs) you know i want to get a a manicure i'm going to get a foot massage Uh huh. nice I'm going to work out a lot. I'm going to take long showers. I might take a nap. I'm going to do some, uh, I'm energetic about uh, a numerous um, grooming activities. Uh, So that's (laughs) some of the things that I got going on my me week. Do you have any other suggestions of things that I should do or see? Well, four days might not be enough, Julie. But just based on
0: based on what you just laid out, I think you know when your husband gets home, you should just ignore him and stay on your me track. Um, yeah. The, well, you've named all the biggies: the Manny, pedi. Did you say massage? That's always massage. Uh, I got to do a foot yeah, massage. You got to do that. Um, Let's see. I enjoy like going to air conditioned movies. I know Netflix. Wow. Netflix can really chew up a lot of time. <laughs> yes, you know, yes. if you start Orange is the New Black, you know, that that's, a, you know, that's a couple of days of activities right there of just viewing activity. What else would there be? I think you've touched all the biggies. I You know, Um yeah, or you know, I wouldn't take the diet too seriously. It's also a time for you to eat the stuff that you love, but your husband hates, ah, right? That's, so that's, it's quiche week at my house.
1: <laughs> no, honestly, I don't know why my husband doesn't like quiche. I mean, it's it is delicious. Okay, it's he loves eggs, but he won't eat them. Okay, <laughs> quiche week, Liz. Yes, sir. That's, yes, indeed, we're we're gonna have lots of stuff. So you know that's. And maybe, maybe this is what Ferris is going to be doing while you're gone, Liz. He's going to be having a little me week himself, you know. That's how you should think about it. Are there other things that you could do that, you know, that Ferris particularly likes to do? You know, leave the TV on while you're gone, Liz. Just leave it on for two weeks. I know how much he enjoys watching (laughs) CNN. Yeah, it's okay. I will I will do that. Yeah, that's a good that's I, I a good way to get think about total it. Total control of the remote control. It's, uh-huh. that's really when you live in a household where you don't always have total control of the remote control, mm. it's quite quite a thing, Liz. It's quite a thing. Mm. So uh, so I have some big fun four days in front of me, Liz. That sounds super exciting. I'm well, it goes without saying
0: I'm jealous because I'm gonna be <laughs> Dealing with, like, customs authorities and border control in quite a few different countries where my documents may or may not pass muster. We'll just, we'll just see how that goes. Um, okay. So there you have it. So, oh, you know, the, uh, it's just you and I today because it's a, you know, it's a busy time of year for various
1: sisters,
0: vacations and things. And you and Leanne are doing a show this
1: week, right? Yes. uh, Yes. We will be doing a show on Tuesday, you know, going deep on some more shallow topics. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then uh, and then we're going to take a little hiatus of our own. So the uh, you guys will wrap it up on Tuesday and then August. We will be posting some classic shows. But our current plan is to not do any original production during August. Of course. You know, if you decide to just fire up the microphone, Julie, and do something in August, you know, you can do that. But uh, I just want to let listeners know that you can. August is a time to dig into our archives. Especially, we have many, many new listeners. Uh, we have hundreds of shows at iTunes. Uh, you can download everything at Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. We have a lot of shows out there, don't we?
1: We certainly do. And I, I think you can, you should, everyone, it's a time for renewal and, and uh, regeneration. We're coming up with new topics. We're going to be doing some new things so that when we come back in September, it's going to be bolder, fresher, wonderful. You know, that's, that's what we're doing all that with, right? Bolder,
0: yes. That's what I was telling uh, Chris Hardwick. I just we're trying to be bolder. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So so we'll do that. So you and Leon will have the big uh, season finale. Really, is what you're doing on Tuesday to just put it in like TV parlance, uh, the big season finale. If you can cook up some kind of cliffhanger.
1: Okay. Uh, I, I don't, we'll work on that, yeah. I don't
0: know what that would be, but a cliffhanger on Tuesday would really be good, mm-hmm. and then uh, then we'll all go off on our various adventures, and we'll have just so much to talk about when we come back. So you can always remember, add, all the shows are posted also on our blog, satellitesisters.com, so you can uh, just click over there, uh, listen to shows, Post your own comments. You can join our Facebook group. I'm sure we'll continue to be commenting on Facebook even while we're on our hiatus. So uh, that's the Satellite Sisters Facebook group, and that's very easy to join. You should just jump into that conversation.
1: And what else do we have going on? That's uh, I would say I those are those but are the, the Facebook, big things. The Facebook group will I um, will be alive and well in the month of August. Yes. So I'm sure you can you'll be seeing some postings there. So, well, Liz, you know we all wish you good luck on this trip. <laughs> <laughs> Your documents sound really sketchy, Luz.
0: <laughs> oh, my wardrobe is even sketchier, Julie. That's what I got to do the rest of the day today. I don't know. I just really haven't thought this through from a packing perspective. But uh, and God knows, like I get to all these countries and I have to do presentations. Have I done any of my actual work related to this trip? No, I have not. Because I was, you know, hanging out with costumed characters in a hot, sweaty, smelly convention center, so got a little bit of that to do today too. So um, yes, I'm off on my adventure. I will try to post from time to time uh, in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group just to let you know how the how the 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 border aspects of my my journey are going. Please do. We'll be thinking of you. (laughs) All right, we are the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister.
1: into the world you make, you lose yourself, but you, you find your way, I'm going to watch you ray radiate, radiate. radiate.